see myself. This is very disconcerting. How do I see myself? Oh, that's strange. Did it ask you for camera permission before you entered? Well, presumably you can see me, right? Right. I guess <laughs> that it must be using your camera to some extent. Oh, ho. Oh, I just appeared. Got it. Okay. Ho, oh, oh, oh. oh, my God. Wow. I'm going to take off this hat. It's so silly. Yeah. Your natural state is to have a big, um, like, bird's nest of hair anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I've been enjoying the bird's nest. The bigger the hair, the closer to God, as you know. I do know that. That is true. Oh, Hava, how are you? How are you, Hava? I'm good. Baruch Hashem. Let's see. What the fuck's going on with me? Um, you know, I went to Portland, as I've been teasing listeners of the pod with for the past, however long that's been in the works and it was just incredible i met so many wonderful people i had such a nice time i ate delicious food hung out with cool gay jews studied talmud it was just the cutest the travel was the worst but the time while i was there was the cutest well tell me about the food the food well i ate at a really good ramen place i ate a bunch of really good like potluck food that people brought to the synagogue the first thing i ate when i got there so we went to a place right around the corner from the place called um the pie spot which was just what it sounds like where i had a chicken pot pie with a side salad i had a really fun this is not exactly a food experience but it was a a timeout experience which is that one night we went out to the bars and the first bar we went to was a sort of like low-key queer bar not quite a dive but not like a nice bar you know just like a bar, your neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm. And um, we were sitting outside on the patio and it was like 12 gay Jews. So, you know, we were just like cackling <laughs> like a bunch of fucking ravens. Well, I like seagulls more like. And at one point, some other guy gay walked past us and based off of that alone, this gay stopped for a second and said, are you all Jews? And we were like, yeah. And they were like, I'm a Jew too. Whoa. It was incredible. <laughs> wow. Wow. We're like, who are these fucking annoying people? They must be they must be like me. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a blast and a half. And then so now I've traveled home and I'm going to see my family in Texas in December. When I was there in Oregon, I was thinking like, oh, I have plenty of time before I have to start thinking about going to Texas, but I'm leaving on the 18th, which is less than a month from today. So no longer feels like I have that long to think about it. You are on an adventure. Yeah. I have a song stuck in my head in response to that from a musical that you have not listened to nor heard of, nor have most of the listeners of the show, I'm sure. Although some of, I know some of y'all fucking gays out there are lighting the piazza fans hit me up kelly o'hara simps what is this musical what is this musical it is about a lot of things but it's mainly about a mother and daughter pair the daughter is disabled she's disabled as a result of a traumatic head injury and they go on a vacation to italy where she falls in love with an italian man who doesn't speak very much English and it's about their love story and their complicated families. And it's like a very um, like caviar musical. It's like what I would call fine musical theater. Oh, interesting. Okay. I don't know if I want to know more actually. (laughs) (laughs) The music is actually really good. It's not. Nope. Oh my God. Michael. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, Skeeter's annoying. Um, uh-huh. 
found a pizza place, another pizza place that we like. That's good. Oh, good. File that away. Yeah. I felt like you were working on some kind of project last time what we was talked. I doing? Oh. Something in the garden, something in the kitchen with Dinah. Well, I've been uh, experimenting with making incense. Well, yeah, that's a perennial Michael pursuit. I don't know if the listeners know that, but yeah. Yeah, because you've been talking about finding a binder. You and our listeners both searching for binders, but in different ways. I think that was an audio that we didn't actually release. That was le- that was no, left on the cutting room In floor. my head, everything we've ever said is released directly to our listeners. Not ju- not even just recording. Everything I ever say in my life just pff, right out to the listeners. Well, whether or not your belief is true, just in case it isn't, I will remind the listeners that yes, I am looking for a good binder for the incense I am making, and I'm only trying to harvest stuff from the forest around my home. And I have discovered one, actually. A pretty good one. Right, and it's burdock root, right? Burdock root is one, and then I found another one, which is sassafras pith. Sassafras. Sassafras is a tree, right? Yeah, 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 it's a tree. And its leaves smell really good? What's the pith? Is that like the inner bark? That's like the inner wood of the tree of the which is different than the inner bark so well it's not bark bark is like on the outside you know this is like okay so you so it's like the meat it's like the the sassafras tree the bone marrow once spring comes around and there's like leaves back on the trees i want to try sassafras leaves because that's what gumbo filet is made out of which Mm, and gum and sassafras leaves smell really good yeah they're very sassafras elaginous yeah 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 apparently saffron the chemical is like carcinogenic mildly but if you eat it fucked up if true but i'm also suspicious because it's also like a precursor to mdma so like i don't know so it couldn't be that bad (laughs) no 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 more like (laughs) maybe the risk is overblown because for political reasons you know i don't really wholesome organic homebrewed mdma look i just don't necessarily trust what the fda has to say about sassafras leaves sure you've moved to a cabin in the woods Next thing you know, you're going to start recommending me InfoWars videos. No, no, no. The sassafras is turning our kids gay. I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, it's called, it's called sassafras. Right, so, it's got ass right in the name. I'm just trying to keep myself occupied in the, you know, with what the... What kind of gay tree has an ass? And the leaves are really gay, too. I don't know if you know that, like... They look like All leaves mittens. are gay, Michael. I know, but sassafras leaves are especially gay. They're round. They're like really silly looking. Look, go look up sassafras. Leaves I've right no, I've seen sassafras trees before. I know what a sassafras tree looks like. I know what it smells like. One of my top ten New England trees. Okay, yeah. Um, I feel like the least gay leaf in New England is probably an oak leaf, a red oak. Oh, really? I was gonna say like a pine needle. Yeah, yeah, not very, not very gay. They're literally straight. But pine cones are pretty gay. The pine yeah, cones are Yeah, pine gay. cones are like, like down low hookups that pine trees get up to, <laughs> covered up by yeah, their yeah. straight leaves. Pine trees are, are discreet, looking for friend with benefits. Yeah, MSM style. Yeah, mask for mask. I've been uh, trying to get the squirrels out of the shed. They love the shed. Yeah, I would too if I was a squirrel. It's a great place to be a squirrel. So, you know, sealing up holes. It sounds pretty pastoral. Sounds pretty bucolic. It's pretty pastoral. Doesn't that that word sound like it should be something bad? Pastoral? Bucolic? Yeah. It's weird to me that it's a 
positive adjective. It should be like a symptom of the flu. Exactly. No, it is very bucolic. Oh, or does the bucolic have to be farmy, or can it be woodsy? I don't know. Mm, That's the I don't know. Complication of the word. Either way, it's bucolic here. Well, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Enough of my nonsense. Even though I'm going to continue to derail this episode, you can sense already that I'm in a derailing mood. Bring it. It's really some of our best content. The more rebellious i'm feeling the better the episode comes out it's that inner conflict of me rebelling against my own podcast that is the engine which sustains our content anyway yes what's up what'd you bring i'm trying to continue the thread from the last time which is what we've been doing the last few weeks right just like coming up with with uh, a continuous stream of bullshit that vaguely connects to the previous theme yeah. last time was gender reincarnation, reincarnation new torahs new torahs and so i was thinking about souls and reincarnation and i was trying to find some stuff about um you know the collective conscious you know we're all part of one right. soul classic shit and you know that was fine i was going down that rabbit hole and then i went down a rabbit hole of monastic oh yeah monastic mm-hmm. judaism and just trying to find examples of like what could be thought of as monastic and sources for that right other than the qumran sect other than the qumran sect the essenes because we're all so tired of hearing about the qumran that's what i found real i actually did find some (laughs) primary source documents of like them talking about you know first century ad what they were all about and i was like you know what no one cares we're sick of the essenes we're sick of them i know god fucking Jews are such nerds. I don't know. You know what it is? I think we're secretly, we're sick of them because like we feel like the Christians kind of cornered the the Essene market. You know what I mean? Because they like talk about them in passing more often. So we're not allowed to. I don't even know yet. We haven't even reached the end of this sentence. So I don't even know if we're talking about monastic stuff today. But my, my conjecture is the only reason we haven't had monks is just like basically economic and political issues. We just like haven't had the community stability during times of important religious development to pull it off. We didn't have like the surplus adult human non-working population to to throw into monasteries. I don't know if that's it. Maybe that is part of it. I read some things like there was this interesting Socratic dialogue book that I found, which was... I think a dramatization between the the Khazar king and the rabbis that came to convert the Khazars, you know, about that. Oh, yeah. Classic. And, you know, like, they were like, what religion do we want to be? They eventually picked the Jews, apparently, according to legend, or maybe according to fact, who knows, whatever, they converted to Judaism. But there was this dialogue where, going back and forth, where the king asks a question, and, like, some Jews, and, Mm -hmm. like, some rabbis respond, and one of the questions was about like monastic life and why Jews don't do it. And it's like, oh, we don't need it. The Torah, you got to just do the Torah laws, blah, 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 blah. It's not very uh, compelling. So I did find some stuff like that. And basically other rabbis repeating the same kind of spiel, like you don't need to do the aesthetic thing because basically we want you to live a full life and experience all the things and have the babies and have a wife and all the stuff and blah, 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 blah. Real Debbie Downers when it came to monastic stuff. So, But from there, I did discover 
a rabbi who I was not aware of before. That's a big category. Who was a bit of a hermit, at least for the last 19 to 25 years of his life. I'm not sure which number is correct. Okay, go on. But many years, he lived a hermetic life. And, and his name was Jesus. And his name was Jesus. <laughs> no, his name was not Surprise, Jesus. the Jesus episode, JK. His name was Menachem Mendel of Kotsk, the Kotsker Reb. As I have known. heard this. I ha- I don't know anything off about the Kotzka Rebbe off the top of my head, but I have heard the phrase the Kotzka Rebbe before. Besides just living for 20 years as a hermit, he's very interesting in other ways. And I don't know, Hava, if you're going to like him or hate him, but uh, I want to Either way, sh- it's content, baby. Yeah, uh, it might be inspiring. So Kotzka Reb, to give you some context, Polish. Polish rabbi. So I knew that right off the bat. <laughs> born in 1787, lived to 1859, and he was supposedly, you could say, a Hasidic rabbi, but we'll get into that. Okay. And he wasn't born to any, like, Hasidic family or anything like that. He was just into Hasidic philosophy when he was in his youth. Okay, so he's like, okay. I don't know how you count it, second generation Hasidic rabbi, you could say. But what's weird about him is, well, many things. He was kind of... Oh, fuck. God fucking damn it. What happened? Chonk just clawed me in the foot. Oh, bastard cat. Bastard cat. Anyway, continue. So Menachem Mendel, he mm-hmm. was kind of not typical of Hasidic rabbis in that he didn't really start a dynasty. He wasn't interested in starting a dynasty. And even though there are students of his, maybe children or like um, son-in-laws of his that went and started their own dynasties, that they attribute Uh their dynasties to him, he didn't really do any of that. He also was not really into Kabbalah. Great. Sounds like a real fucking party pooper. Yeah, yeah. He kind of was a party pooper. And here's a quote of his. If you need to hide and sustain something behind a veil of sod, which is mystery, know that you are doing something incorrectly. So he's kind of not into the esoteric stuff. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of, I don't remember the exact off it's on in the Talmud, but it's one of those many ethical little bits the rabbis give out in Talmud, which is if you have to say something in secret, don't say it, because whatever must be concealed will eventually be revealed. It's basically like if you say a secret, eventually it's going to come out, so you should just never say it in the first place. Very, very Kotzka Rebbe. Well, I don't know. I think the Rebbe would just say, I think he he was kind of more like, just say it. Just say the stuff that's true. Just deal with it. Like he's right. He's kind of a fact. Similar dropper. but different. Yeah, similar but different. So like the vibe I get from him reading about him, he's he's very much into kind of like the individual and like knowing who you are and not just glomming on to someone's Hasidic dynasty and like doing what they say you should do. Okay. So he's not like a follow the leader. He's very kind of against follow the leader mentality. Kind of like you need to know yourself and be self-aware it's kind of like musari a little bit like that it's a little yeah, right know your own psyche that's better than just going along with the flow and doing and he said basically says that like if you do righteous things or say righteous things but you don't really mean it you're just doing it because you just feel like you have to then that like amounts to perjury something really awful so he's like kind of super hard disagree but yeah 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 
I don't know. I think it's almost the exact opposite, in fact. Um, I'm not fully down with him. But he is very, like, you need to, like, know who you are and figure out stuff for yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like a clean your room kind of guy. Say more. Just, like, keep your side of the street clean. Like, deal with your own life, and and that's your whole problem. Like, have you ever heard a hardcore interview with, like, Ralph Nader? Or even Bernie Sanders. It's like these guys are very hardcore, very principled, like they're kind of plain talking and they're not very fun. You know what I mean? Like they're not fun people to be around, but like they're just dropping truths left and right. And this is is kind of this guy's vibe, too. So I I liked it because it seemed very different from what we think of when we think about Hasidic rabbis during that time. Mm -hmm. One of his teachers was this rabbi named uh, Simcha Bunin of Peshicha, he had this quote, which I think resonates with a lot of what the Kotzker Reb also kind of was trying to say. The quote is, I cannot talk to those I pray with, and I cannot pray with those I talk to. I don't even know how to take that. Yeah, so... Imagine someone said that. I stood up and said that in your synagogue. They were like, fuck you. I'm going to finish praying. I'm going to let you finish, God, but fuck everyone here, except for praying. It's kind of like black sheep. It's like, look, I'm like with you. I'm Jewish. I'm whatever. I'm doing all this stuff. But I kind of don't like hanging out with Jews. And apparently his teacher like was really enamored with like the wisdom he could get from like the the secular people around him and like, you know, the non-religious Jews around him. Like in the idea of kind of maybe gathering the sparks, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you got to find that knowledge everywhere. It's like that there's like hidden knowledge this is starting to sound almost shabbatian maybe a bit maybe a bit this is verging on the shabbatian so now i'm i'm intrigued again you're intrigued again he's very confusing it's like he doesn't seem to hold righteous quote-unquote righteous jews to high esteem and he doesn't mm-hmm. not hold non-jews or non or secular jews to low esteem you know there's this kind of like radical plain speaking like spiritual he's egalitarian he's a sassy motherfucker exactly he's a sassy motherfucker. you know what we should have our friend from gashmius from the hasidic magazine i should email him be like hey come tell us everything you know about the kotzka rebbe yeah i think that would actually be very helpful to give us like the the insider take since we are but mere talmudists that is very true so what i've done is i've collected a list of quotes so he's known for his quips Great. The Oscar Wilde of bitchy Judaism. He burned all of his manuscripts before he died, you know, like you do. Duh, of course. Who wouldn't? So here are some quips. Quote number one. A commentary on Devarim 30.12, which says the Torah is not in heaven. The Torah cannot be found among those Jews who think they have reached the heights of heaven. What do you think of that? Hate yourself. It's the message. Once a Hasid asked the Kotzker Reb for advice about a certain potential marriage partner, the Reb didn't give a clear answer. This just made the Hasid even more distraught and clueless as to what to do. He further pressed the Reb for a decision, but none was forthcoming. Eventually, the Kotzker said, Do you think that we Rebs go up to heaven every time people like you ask us questions? Do you think that we have access to special ledgers in which all answers are written? All we can do is follow the dictates of the law and rely on common sense. Legit. That's true. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, thanks, Rabbi. What do you think I'm going to fucking tell you that you don't already know, man? The Kotzka Rebbe took a puff of his joint 
and exhaled the smoke in his student's face and said, what the fuck, man? If you want to raise Torah true children, then instead of praying for their spiritual well-being, simply continue studying Torah yourself. Rather, occupy yourself with Torah than pray for your children. This way your children will learn from you and also study, instead of learning from you that they too need only pray for their children. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, it still seems like there's other more direct ways you could intervene in your children's lives to have an effect on their character. But um, you see the sassiness. You see the yeah, sassiness. Yeah. Okay, here's a list of some short quotes. A horse walks down the middle of the road. A human being... A horse walked into the bar with the Kotzka Rebbe. You have to let me read the quotes? No, I don't have to let you do anything, but I will. Okay, a horse walks down the middle of the road. A human being, on the other hand, sticks to one extreme or the other. Oh, okay. This reminds me of my favorite Groucho Marx quote. Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> That's funny. All right, okay. People tend to look upwards, contemplating the mystery of the heavens. They would do well to look inward and examine what's happening within themselves. Okay, that's a coffee table book quote. Yep, coffee table book quote. I've never wanted to serve a god whose ways would be understandable to mere mortals. <laughs> I wouldn't worship any god who would have me. He who doesn't see God everywhere isn't capable of seeing him anywhere. Oh, there you go. I'm letting you read the quotes. Okay, you're doing great, Hava. I'm proud of you. The way of the world is such that parents feel the pain of their children, but the children are oblivious to the suffering of their parents. Likewise, God feels our pain, but we are blind to his misery. Damn. Damn, I know, I know. I got, I got a book. I got a book recommendation for that one. The, the Obligated Self, a classic. I, in quotes, like the concept of I, is a thief which must be banished from the heart. Ego death. Ego Prescribed death. by the Kotzka Revy. Yeah, he's definitely not into the ego, but also into like the individual like pursuit of truth and expressing right. truth so a uh, weird thing going on there similarly serving yourself as a form of idolatry he said i never regretted telling the truth i never feared getting sick but i dreaded the coddling that follows so you you're getting the imp yeah i mean some of these quotes are great he sounds like he was a real Dick. joy to hang out with <laughs> yeah 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 a real fucking pleasure in the community oh yeah i went to ask the Costco rebbe what to do in this important situation in my life and he just said fuck you don't fucking talk to me go deal with your own shit everything is like a little judgy like a little bit yeah, like everything makes you... it gives it honestly it's giving christianity a little bit. It's giving a little bit of like sinners in the hands of an angry God. Like we're all, we all suck. Everyone sucks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. A certain don't kinda... like ever feel good about yourself. <laughs> not like entirely. It's not like collinear with Puritanism, but there's like a, a hint. There's a hint of some Protestant something going on, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. The body finds it's easier to accept all kinds of suffering than to accept the yoke of heaven. Okay. Another one that makes you feel bad about yourself. Yeah, right. The heavens will always remain heavens, but the earth we can elevate and make heavenly. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's cool. Why do you call out to God and beseech that he have mercy on Israel? Better to call out to the people that they have mercy on God. Oh, it's another one that makes you feel terrible. I, I don't even know what it 
would mean for the people to have mercy on God. I think it's like you're supposed to have mercy on God because we're so awful. I think, you know, sinner in the eyes of right. the Right, okay, God. this is another... Okay, this is another thing that's giving me Protestant vibes, and Jews, if you know a better true Jewish origin of this vibe, then you can tell me about it. But growing up, so much of the experience of evangelical Christianity was being told, like, Jesus loves you so much, and every time you fuck up, basically, you're just, like, breaking his heart, you piece of shit. And this is feeling like that, like, you are just, like hurting god everything you do is just like hurting god who just loves you and wants the best for you and like coincidentally that's also what your evangelical parents would like you to believe that they also love you and want the best for you you know it's a lot for me to receive from the coast Rebbe. well i'm, I'm sorry it, it'll it'll be over soon i promise but I'm th- there's jewish no it will linger with me forever there's like plenty of examples of god being mad at people and taking it out on you and you making him yeah mad but and... it's not it's not mad it's hurt that's the that's the flavor i mean god gets hurt all the time in the torah that's like the whole thing of that book the obligated self highly recommend um but i don't know it's just something about the flavors of the the two things anyway blast me with those last few quotes all right all right we got to uh, get it over we with got like we got like 10 more we got 10 more <laughs> a lot of quotes silence is the most beautiful of all sounds okay when a person has reason to cry and he wants to cry but is not able to cry that's the greatest cry of all <laughs> this guy was smoking some good weed man. <laughs> maybe maybe this guy was fucking high as hell okay side note i did read an article from like 10 years ago or something that apparently at an i think it was like first temple era temple somewhere they excavated oh they excavated weed yeah 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 they excavated i heard about the weed yeah. excavation they had the Adonai altar and the Asherah altar next to each other, and like they yeah. both had like and weed, weed resin on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weed is Judaism confirmed. Yes, that is the correct way to phrase it. <laughs> weed is Judaism. That is helpful. Confirmed. That is a helpful way to describe the situation. Just as helpful as a fucking Coates Garebi quote saying, when you want to cry, but you can't cry, that's the best cry of all. You know what I mean, man? Well, okay, okay. Anyway, so and so, he is amazing. He learned so much. When does he have time to know anything? That's another quote for you. There you go. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> uh, there are Rebs who are so great that they can revive the dead, but reviving the dead is God's business. A Reb needs to be able to revive the living. There you go. Powerful stuff. This is some real shower thoughts. I know. It's great. It's great. Vibes. I, I want people to refrain from wrongdoing, not because they fear sin, but because they don't have the time. All right. There is nothing more complete than a broken heart, and there is nothing more upright than a crooked ladder. That is a classic. There's nothing so whole as broken heart. That's like that's a classic. Top ten Judaism quotes ever been spoken. Top ten like most requoted. I was in. I wrote a short story that was in an anthology called "There's Nothing So Whole as a Broken Heart." Oh well, I don't know if it originates yeah. with. Uh, the I mean, that one I've at least heard an explanation of, and I'm. I get it. So maybe every one of these Kotskarebi quotes is as good as that. Or maybe that's just like the real pearl amongst them. Well, I think they're all fun in their own way. Here's another one. They're fun. I'm, they're fun. Just like, are they 
good. Oh, it's all good. Through money, even the incorruptible can become corrupted. That's fun. A person has two eyes, one to see the greatness of God and the other to see his own smallness. Uh, even the greatest person who has never sinned must pray to God that he not come to believe in himself, for self-aggrandizement is worse than the worst sin. Damn, you can go to 100 to zero just like Yeah, that, I know. With a thought. <laughs> with a thought. Your whole life can be ruined. I believed in myself for one second yesterday. Instantly turned into Hitler. This is what you should say to your kid right before the piano recital, you know? Right. Just so you know, Timmy, don't get to fucking thinking that you're anything because you're not. <laughs> Have a nice piano recital. Remember, uh, you suck. Let's see. More important than writing is erasing. There you go. Some people speak words of Torah in order to climb to the seventh heaven. I sought words of Torah in order to crawl into the innards of the listener. I have no idea what that means, but I just wanted to share that with you. And uh, last quote is, if you have no talit, wrap yourself in the four corners of the earth and pray. On it. That's the Kotzker Reb. What a journey. I feel like I know less about him than when I started. Which he would love. He would be like, when you know less about a person, that's when you truly know them. Like, what if we're the aliens, man? Yeah, he's a, I think he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a, Bit of a blowhard. Bit of a blowhard. Wanker. He's a wanker. Wanker. But a fun wanker. A fun wanker to know about at a distance, you know? Yeah. I mean, luckily, that's the only option we have. Not that, you know, like, Bernie and, you know, all the other people I mentioned before are blowhard wankers, but I, I saw some affinity. You're going, you're, you're nodding back and forth like, I don't know, maybe they're kind of hard. A little bit. I saw there's some affinity with like, uh, you know, these kind of black sheep outsider types. Yeah. And it is kind of interesting to think that he's considered a Hasidic Reb, but, um. Mm -hmm. But he sort of seemed not into that himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a label that's applied to him because of the time that he was living in, but. Mm-hmm. Right. People were literally trying to come to him like a reb, and he was like, don't bother me. <laughs> Go away. I'm not your rabbi. I'm not your friend. I'm not nothing to you. Yeah, yeah. Get and out of here. There's something I could relate. You've had the experience of, like, I'm into X. I'm into whatever X thing is. And then I find the mm -hmm. community of people who are also into X, and it's like you and can't— And you're repulsed by it. You're repulsed by it. And it's— yeah. I don't know. For me, there's lots of reasons why that happens. It's like you see the worst traits in yourself reflected back at you because, you know, people who are into the yeah. same thing often share similar psychic issues and tendencies, both good and bad. And I just see something like that happening with him. It's like he's a rabbi on the same scale as all these other Hasidic rabbis, but he's kind of on the outskirts. And of course, it's very intriguing that he lived the last 20 years of his life. A hermit. Basically, a hermit. hermit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, an interesting character. I, re I really will send an email to our friend at Goshmuse because maybe he'll come in here and be like, we got you didn't understand wrong. anything and here's the truth about the Coast Caribbean why he was actually pretty chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I could have got it all wrong. It's, it's, uh, I'm ready. It's hard to piece together. But that's what I brought on my journey to find monastic. I loved it. I had a blast. Good. I'm glad yeah. you had a blast. Episode title, Coats Girl, I Hardly Know Her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> I thought that was great. I would apologize for 
yucking it all up, but it was just so, so yuckable. It was just so, there were so many funny moments along the way. Really, I think the one that got me the most was when someone wants to cry, but they can't cry. That's the best cry, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just is like he just wants to be loved. I can imagine myself like stone in a Taco Bell at 2 a.m. holding a bean and cheese burrito with mild sauce in front of my face saying like, you know, like wanting food is sometimes like even better than like the food itself. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's just good to know that the rabbis can be as as nonsensical as we are. Yeah, yeah. That is kind of nice. I wonder when someone, when does someone ascend from being a rabbi to being one of the rabbis? Well, when you have a Wikipedia article about you. That's like, anyone can have that. Yeah, but when you have like more than one paragraph, you know? Yeah, if you have a Wikipedia article of a certain quality. Actually, his Wikipedia article is real short. So. Well, I'll have to go back and refer to him in a less respectful way. Yeah. That was a treat, Michael. That was a, That was an absolute treat. Good. A blast and a half. Listeners, Shalmala's next class is coming up. The incredible Lexi Kohansky is coming back to teach who created these, which is going to be a Kabbalah and Zohar flavored class. So hardly recommend. I'll put a link in the comments. We've got a patron episode that has either come out by the time this episode come out or will be coming out soon. I don't remember which. But either way, if you want to join our Patreon, you can find it at patreon.com slash hi, how are you? And without further ado... The Shavua in which you want to have a Shavua Tov, but you can't have a Shavua Tov, is in fact the most Tov Shavua of all. Very good. Bye. <laughs> Bye.